message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I've spent a lot of the last year and a half thinking about my life and its impact. And maybe that's just because we've had some more time than normal. I haven't really, but there's been more thinking time anyway because I haven't seen as many people. Um, and maybe it's uh, because um, I'm thinking about the things that I thought I'd have got done by now that I haven't done yet. Um, and uh, maybe it's because uh, I'm approaching 40 and my, my own father died uh, in his early 40s. And I'm thinking, crikey. Uh, I haven't done all the things I thought I would do, and I don't feel like I'm done yet. Um, and if I'm feeling that, then other people will be too. Uh, and I still want to have impact. I still want to uh, see that my life um, has purpose. And I think it's a common thing for people to go through that um, sort of process thinking. I think people call it a midlife crisis. They grow long hair. Uh, they buy an expensive motorbike. I haven't. Um, don't panic. I've had long hair for ages, so it's all good. Uh, but it's quite a common thing to look at our lives and wonder what impact we're making. What have we achieved? Some people look at their career, maybe a bank balance. Maybe I've bought a house. Uh, maybe you've uh, got a life partner, somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Maybe you've got family. And some of us don't want those things or don't search for them. And others maybe want them, but they've never really happened. Um, and some people might feel that they're completely inachievable. And maybe that's because of circumstances they find themselves in or, or lack of opportunities. Um, whatever factor that might, you might feel limits you in those things. And we can look back and wonder, did I take the wrong turn? Did I miss the moment? Did I squander that opportunity? that I was given, or did I just make a decision I didn't realize I was making at the time, and I've ended up in this situation. And it can be really good to take stock. It can be really good to answer those questions, especially if perhaps you've got the ability or the capacity to make some changes in response to the answers that you find. But actually, it can also be really dangerous, because it can make you second guess all the decisions that you've ever made rather than leaning into the blessings you've been given. It can lead you to squander the things that you've spent so, been so hardly work, working at to achieve up to now. So I've been asking myself, am I where I can be most effective? Are my giftings and passions being used wisely? Am I good at, am I a good custodian of the things that God has given me? Or am I squandering them? And as I get older, and some of you will say, I'm not that old. No, you didn't. Oh. Okay, uh, I'm not that. Thank you. Um, I increasingly realize I need grace, that in every passing day, I'm more and more aware of my failures, the things I've missed, and my need for someone to rescue me. I've become more and more aware of this jar of clay, this shell that carries God's presence. And so often I realize my heart's twisted up, it's disfigured, that I need grace <laughs> and more of the Holy Spirit to shine through me to bring these dead bones to life. What I've realized is that actually these questions should lead me to Jesus. They should lead me to the cross where love and mercy meet, 
where I can find grace. I've realized I need to become more aware of God's presence and walk more in step with him. That I need to find myself more constantly in the river of God's presence. That this thirst for meaning, that this thirst for abundance is only fulfilled in his presence and doing his will. I've realized that my greatest impact is when I'm on my knees crying out for my generation, for the next generation, and even the one before. That those who've gone before us would continue to pave the way for us, that my generation would do the same for the generations coming through. Actually, my life makes the most sense when I'm doing that, when I find that all I am is wrapped up with being in God's presence and giving every day for his glory. I want to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, as the famous prayer says, for God's power to be revealed. There's so much bad news, there's so much injustice, the poor are increasingly ignored, exploited and abused. So often it seems that those who need the greatest protections are those who find they have the least. Even in this country where we've got the welfare state, it seems that it's almost often geared against or to punish those who are already struggling. That whilst those protections are vital, there are still very few success stories. More often than not, people remain in poverty rather than being released from it. Recently, our government approved a motion to increase funding in social care, which is great, but they seem to have done so in a way that those who earn the least carry the highest burden, and the riches and those who benefit from it are almost completely exempt from contributing. And that seems to me to punish the working poor by appeasing the rich and making it appear to be doing the right thing. And you might have a different view on this specific instance, but my concern is that the poor so often find themselves without protection whilst the rich find ways of not needing to contribute. And as I've reflected, I've come to the decision that I should live my life in such a way that makes an impact, and that to do that, my whole life should be one of worship. We're told that worship, the wor sorry, what we're told is that, wor start again. What are we told is worship that pleases God? Micah 6, 8 says this, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. Romans 12 says, our true worship is to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And that doesn't mean that we should all become priests or monks and hide in some spiritual enclave somewhere. <laughs> it means that we should live lives that demonstrate the wisdom and mercy of God not just by persuasive words, but by the persuasiveness of what God has done in us. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3 says this, Your lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. Our lives should be like a psalm of praise, like a book which anyone can read. Lives that declare out loud that we are his. That we live and seek and promote justice, mercy, and live lives of humility. That we'll seek one another's best rather than being self-centered. 
that will have a low view of our own importance whilst having a high view of everyone else's. That's what humility means. So my question then is, how do we live through the inevitable trials that we will face? Some of us are already facing. And I get the sense God wanted to say this morning, this too shall pass. That these situations, be they health or wealth, work or family, that God wants to bring healing in people's lives today. That he wants to release some chains on families today. Where there have been things holding you back for years, maybe even generations, God wants to break in. So how do we live through these trials? John talks of a heavenly banquet, that death will be swallowed up, that the Lord will wipe away every tear from our eyes. You see, what we need in these difficult situations is to see them in the context of eternity. Though they're tough, though they're downright awful in some cases, these things we face are momentary and that one day every tear will be wiped away. I don't say this lightly. Isaiah in chapter 35 reveals to us a picture of God's people returning to their homeland. And he was speaking of a physical homeland, but also prophetically speaking of God's people returning to their eternal homeland. Isaiah talks about the songs of joy and gladness that we shall sing upon our return, and that all sorrowing and sighing will flee away. In the New Testament, Paul speaks of light and momentary troubles. If you've read anything about Paul, then you're going to think he's completely bonkers. I don't know about you, but being beaten, stoned, falsely accused, betrayed, put in prison, shipwrecked, these aren't really what I would class as light and momentary. But he seems to have a different perspective, and it's one that we would be wise to learn from. What if you don't see your breakthrough? What if you don't see the things you hoped for? We must continue to bring to mind that we still have the victory, that the power of sin has been broken once and for all by what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. We are called as God's people to bind up the brokenhearted, to declare freedom for the prisoners because of what Jesus has done. We can declare in faith to people that this is the day of the Lord, that this is the day of freedom. I quite like the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, it talks about how much of life seems totally meaningless. Um, and sometimes life does feel like that. Meaningless pain, anguish, heartache, that even our work and accumulation of finances is meaningless. And it can read quite depressingly if you don't get what he's trying to speak about. If you read it through, though, what he's trying to show us, the writer, is that without our foundation right, without God in the right place, then everything else is squiffy. That without him as our anchor, our lives get out of shape, out of focus. That we end up finding life without meaning, without impact. We need to remember that when our defeat looks certain, it was at the moment that Jonah ended up at the bottom of the sea. And just as a seed is buried deep in the ground, seems dead and hopeless, it was at the moment when Christ died on the cross. 
It's in these moments that God does something extraordinary. He takes dead bones and breathes life into them. Jonah's rescue came in a strange disguise as a fish in the dark. Jesus was in a tomb. Our current circumstances may look bleak. They might be a complete tragedy. Or in Jesus' case, a huge miscarriage of justice. But they may be just the proving ground, providing just the context, the right circumstances for God to reveal his awesome glory in and through us. Jonah went on to rescue a city. Jesus restored relationship once for all. He opened a new covenant. Victory wasn't just snatched from the jaws of defeat. Death was turned on its head. God wants us, or God wants to keep us in his peace, in his rest, says in Isaiah 26. How do we find this? By placing our trust and hope in him. By giving our burdens to him in prayer, letting him know the things that are bothering us and leaving them at his feet. And Philippians says, this peace will guard our hearts and our minds. It can be easy to trust in our own strength, in our own abilities, especially if they're, you know, ones to be proud of. Be they natural or things that we've learned or a mixture. But we do need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher. He's the one who's gone before us. When we have our eyes fixed on him, even in the midst of these troubles, in the midst of setbacks and disappointments, in the midst of those painful moments, we can know God's peace because it's not dependent on those circumstances. Sometimes it's in spite of them. God's peace can come to you even in the darkest places, even in the midst of our most difficult circumstances. And because we know the end, we've read the end of the book, because the end of the story is already written, Jesus already has the victory. We can trust God for our future. If we keep our eyes fixed on him, focused on him, we will not miss the things he has called us to because we will be living in such a way that our lives will be having an impact for him, even if we don't realize it all the time. You see, the wonderful news is that it's not about the outside of the jar, we're simple jars of clay. The Bible says that not many of us are of noble birth, not many rich or wise or impressive, but we have this treasure in jars of clay so that God gets the glory. We might not be particularly remarkable people. There's nothing really to mark us out, but we have this treasure. It's the treasure of the Holy Spirit in us which makes us remarkable that allows us to have impact. We are a people that are dependent on the mercy and grace of God. Mother Teresa wrote this, I don't think there is anyone who needs God's help and grace as much as I do. Sometimes I feel so helpless and weak, I think maybe that is why God uses me, because I cannot depend on my own strength. I rely on him 24 hours a day. She goes on to say, if the day had more hours, I would need his help and grace during those as well. 2 Corinthians says, my, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
we realize our weakness. When we realize our weakness, when we realize and are humble and cry out for mercy, for grace, for strength, then we can know God's grace. We can, and we can achieve nothing without him. When we look to him and depend on him, we can know his power. There's been so many moments in my life where I'm like, oh, I can't go through this. How can I do this? God has been gracious and continues to give me strength to press on. So my encouragement to us all is to press on towards the goal for which Christ has taken hold of us with confidence and with the full assurance which comes through faith. Faith in the one that says, I am making all things new. God has called us to ministry in and through his Holy Spirit. John Wimber described this as meeting the needs of others with the resources of God. When we realize that we're not called to this sort of, we're not, that we're called to this sort of ministry, not a ministry by and in our own strength, but by heavenly resources, we will see that we cannot fail because God is with us. And he brings the full weight of the resources of heaven as we seek to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. I come back to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3. Clearly you are a letter from Christ, showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not carved on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. I'm drawn back to this passage to encourage each of us to live in such a way that our lives are a living testimony, a demonstration of God's grace and mercy, that by the word of our testimony and the way in which we live, our lives demonstrate the reason for our hope. How do we live our lives like that? Romans 12 encourages us to live our lives as living sacrifices, not conforming to the world's pattern but living lives which display who God is. We do this by using the gifts God's given us, gifts of property, of faith, of service, of teaching, encouragement, of giving, of leading, and demonstrating mercy. Lives which are joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. We're called to bless those who persecute us, to rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn and to overcome evil with good. As we do these things, as we show the world around us that Jesus is on the throne of our lives, that's how we are, a living sacrifice. But we must remember that we do all this not in our own strength, not by trying harder, but by God's living spirit in us. Terry Virgo posted this recently. He said, God wants the joyful devotion of your heart, not the reluctant performance of your duty. So I want to pray for some people today. I want to pray for those who need to know God's strength, for those who find themselves in the midst of trials, for anyone who's sick, and for anyone that wants to live their lives as a living testament, as a letter that anyone can read. So I think if you're in these categories, would you raise your hands so that those around us know who we're praying for? And I, I'm going to pray, um, and I, I want us all to pray. 
that we would be those that act justly and love mercy and walk humbly. Lord, I thank you for what you want to do in people's lives this morning. I thank you that you've called us to live lives of purpose, that you've called us to live lives which have an impact. Holy Spirit, would you rest on us in this moment? Would your grace be so evident on us as a people that we would be like a living letter, a living sacrifice? Lord, help us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you. Father, I want to pray for those who are sick this morning, that you would come and break in. Holy Spirit, would you bring healing this morning? Jesus, we thank you that it is by your stripes that we are healed. Lord, for troubled minds, would you bring peace? For those who are in the midst of trials, would you bring comfort and release? For those who feel trapped in a circumstance, whether it be their own or another's making, Father, would you bring freedom this morning? Lord, help us to live lives that are like a living testament. Lord, today and every day we have left, would you anoint us to be your hands and feet? Would you go on filling us? Help us to be available to you, Lord God. For those of us who need to know your strength, would you fill us with your strength this morning, Father God? Would you help us to place the full weight of our trust on you? Lord, in the midst of difficult circumstances, to trust you for breakthrough, but also to be patient in adversity, to trust your timing, and to keep our hearts from going hard. Lord, thank you that you have made a way for us. Thank you that we can enter into this life of trusting you. For those that don't know you this morning, God, would you come and reveal to them who you are, Father God. Lord, let your presence go with us as we go today. Father God, would your presence be in us and through us in such a way that we are a living testament, that we are a living sacrifice of praise. Paul shared earlier that we can focus on our jumble or we can focus on God's plans and purposes. He reminded us that, we ha that God has a wonderful plan, but that sometimes we need to shift our focus. And Tim read from Ephesians 3 about comprehending and grasping how deep the love of God for us is. And then Sarah shared as well that today is a new day. God is doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? Are you ready? And that would be my question <laughs> as we close. Are you ready for a new day, for new things? God wants to do that in your heart. Thank you so much, David, for sharing your heart with us. Um, while we're just waiting, could I just ask the... Um
the worship group to come along and uh, just take your place. We're just going to sing that last song that we sang earlier on. Um, I think it was the last one. Well, we'll work it out. Don't worry. Um, thank you again, David, um, for being honest and vulnerable. Um, I really appreciated what you had to bring this morning. Um, can I just ask you to stand with me, please? I don't think God's finished with us this morning. He's been speaking to us very clearly. He's been encouraging us. And um, what I'd like us to do is just acknowledge um, what David's brought to us this morning and just maybe have a time where we just can just respond to God. He knows exactly where we're at and what's happening in our lives. You know, at the start of the uh, meeting, I, I asked the question, you know, who's hungry for God? A number of you put your hands up and some of you will get there slowly. If you're not hungry this morning, maybe you ought to be praying, God, make me hungry. Hungry for you, more of you, Lord. And I'm sure that you will agree with me that we all need the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us, to lead us, and guide us in all the situations that we come across. And so as we worship this morning, I'm going to hand over to Naomi. And I'm just going to give us the opportunity just to connect and engage and encounter God where we're at. And let's, let's just take on board what David said. Let's just let our hearts be open before God where we're at. What's he doing in you at the moment? What's he speaking to you about? What's he challenging you about? Let him minister to you wherever you are. Before she does that, I just want to ask Rupert just to share what God has put on his heart. And then we're going to finish with a song afterwards. So, good morning, folks. I felt God speaking to me just towards the end of worship time. Definitely speaking to me. But after David just mentioned, I don't know if you heard it, he said, I just want to encourage us to press into God. And I had this picture about leaning in. And I think sometimes it's, it's easy to lean in, isn't it? When the wind is howling, we kind of naturally just sort of hunker in and lean in. And, but sometimes when we already feel like we're going on well with God, sometimes if we feel that oh, I can't lean in further, what, what would that mean? And I felt that speak to me about have you ever seen the skiers? They're already going downhill, but when they go faster they actually, they tuck in, they tuck down, they lean in, and it seems strange to lean into the slope but that's how they go on and that's how they go faster, and, and, it, and it might seem a bit scary, like you think, oh I'm okay I'm, I'm this far with God, but I can't lean in anymore, I can't press in any further, what if he finds out about this, or what if this were to happen, or what if he asked me to, you know, we've just said, we just prayed, and we just worshipped, we said he's a trustworthy Father God, he can just help us see that bigger picture, and if that's you today, and you're thinking, oh, I'm okay, I'm, I'm with God this far, but no further, then, then come on, just lean in, maybe you are hurting, maybe, you know, maybe you have just taken a knock, and it's fine and it's right to cry out, Abba, Father, and just to come and sit on his lap as he wraps his arm around you. But if, if you want to go on, if you really want to fulfill, as David was, was sharing, if you really want to find what it is that you're called to do here on this earth, then lean in. Open up. Let's go farther. Let's go deeper with the Father this morning and for this coming season. Amen. Amen. I shall hold to the cross, 
worship and I had a couple of pictures and I was getting really frustrated about being on the edge of pressing in. I was so stirred by what Sarah brought and about pressing in and getting into that fullness of God and his presence. And I was getting really frustrated like I was stuck and couldn't go any further. And I had three pictures. One was some random documentary about when there's drought and everything's dead and the people are dying and the plants are dying and everybody's on like that last day. I've got like two days left or one day left and then the rains come and all of a sudden it's transported and it just turns into this lush green grass that you think that, that can't be possible. They must have faked that but actually that's that can be done in nature. How much more so can God do? The other was about bushcraft and you have these t little bits of tinder I mean, this tiny little spark that's, you know, in the wind and the rain. You're never going to get it lit. And they just blow on it and it catches and it catches light. And my last one was my washing machine yesterday where I put the comfort in and it wouldn't go through. And the, the clothes have come out all just not right because it hadn't got in. And everything they needed was in that drawer, but it wasn't getting to the drum. And I took it all apart and found this big lump of black goo and actually it had everything it needed, but it couldn't get through. So I rinsed it out with some loads of hot water and it just flushed through. And suddenly everything that needed could get through. And if any of those words resonate with you this morning, if you're frustrated and desperate for some more of God, then I wanna pray with you this morning. And if you feel like what you need isn't getting down the line to you, I wanna pray with you this morning. And if you feel like you are that tiny little spark and you're about to go out, I want to pray with you this morning. I'm going to bully some other people into praying with me. So if you want that this morning, that is available this morning. I'm going to stand somewhere and I'll put a mask on. But if you want that more this morning, I would love to pray into that with you this morning. Because God so wants that for you this morning. God wants that breakthrough. God wants you to be filled to overflowing.
I shall wait. I shall wait upon the Lord. I shall wait upon His word. By His grace, I am released. By His grace, I am Precious blood. Thanks for joining us this morning. I hope you've uh, enjoyed fellowshipping together. Please don't feel you have to rush away. Um, if you do uh, require prayer, um, then just please come out to the front and somebody will be with you to pray with you. Um, and just thank you for being with us. Stick around, have a chat, get to know people, and we will be meeting at the same time next week here. Um, and God bless and have a, a safe week.